What's up? What's up, bro? What's up, everybody? I'm happy. Cody, I got something to present you, my guy. That's for you, buddy. 4-0 Astros, just like they did the Yankees. I'm sorry? 4-0 Astros, just like they did the Yankees. Okay. I mean, we'll try to keep our trash cans away in Philly, but (laughs) what's up, dude, man? How you feeling? Hey, man, you know, I'm feeling pretty good other than... Just like Tyler Reddick earlier on in the playoffs, a little uh, a little too late for Mr. Kyle Larson when it comes to the Drivers' Championship. Uh, but outside of that, uh, hey, my Giants hitting a six and one. Haven't seen that since I uh, graduated high school. So yeah, it's it's. I, I, hey, I'm on top of the world right now. What Forty years ago. Forty years ago. Wow. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm good, man. Good, good sports weekend. Um, stress-free weekend as far as the eagles obviously with the buy uh the race uh i found interesting and i i can't wait to uh jump into that and dive into it but uh congratulations kyle larson uh definitely didn't think he was over getting any more wins this season i wouldn't be surprised in these next two races if he gets another win so uh we'll see how that goes but um yeah, man, got a lot to dive into tonight. Super excited to jump into it, but we got to start off with the Dixie Baca 400 recap, man. The race at Homestead. How'd you feel, man? What was your opinion on the race? I'll tell you this much. Besides the it, result. If, if you could fit a single sheet of paper between Kyle Larson's car and the wall, I don't <laughs> think it was possible. I, my man literally out of 267 laps probably – was off of the wall for 20 of those laps. Everything else, he was up against the wall, making the high line work. Um, I mean, I thought the race was very interesting just because obviously, you know, we're, we're in the, the, you know, the, the final leg of, of these, uh, these playoffs. We're trying to figure out which four are going to make it to the championship four, and, you know, being the second race of the round of eight, there were some drivers that had a lot to do to, to get into the green. There were some drivers that needed to, stay doing well to stay in the green so it was a lot going on but I, overall i thought it was a very good race what about yourself i thought it was kind of boring um i thought it was the most boring race of the playoffs well i mean when you have if, a driver dominating like how larson did i can understand okay. look hey look i'm glad cal larson won nobody nobody was happier than me to see that man win um for a couple of reasons but yeah, I don't know, man. Outside of the dominance, I just nothing really excited me, man. Um now I, let I, me ask you this. You're a very unbiased person. So I would think that this your answer would not be yes to this, but does a lot of this have to do with Chase Elliott kind of being middle of the pack most of the race? I'm happy he finished where he finished. Obviously, okay. if I obviously if I could, you know, I would obviously want him to win the race if, or you know, finish higher, but um, he ran better than 20th than what he did last week. I mean, it, it's similar tracks, um, in a sense, you know, a lot of the same setups came over here to Homestead. So I was nervous that he was going to do the same, if not worse, um, didn't do a lot better, but did a little bit better. Uh, I believe he did pick up some stage points, nothing great, nothing crazy, but, um, so that, that was an improvement, um, compared to last week where literally, literally the entire time he finished tw- or ran 20th, like literally the entire race. So, um, it was good. It was good to see that. I don't, I don't know. Um, I'd be, I'd be happier if, uh, obviously he won. Um, but again, overall race, I don't know, man, it, just the excitement level wasn't there for me. I thought the restarts were very exciting, but three or four laps in, into the green flag runs. I mean, whoever was out front just pulled away, which most of the time was Kyle Larson and pulled away to a very, very um, big lead. So for me, I just, I just thought it was, it was just boring. Um, I, and I hate saying that for a playoff race. Um, and I, I have very bad memory. I don't know if Homestead last year was like this. Um, do you remember how last well, year's I mean, race so was? So the thing with Homestead, though, is the simple fact of the past few years, it's been like the third or fourth race of the season. You know, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it was the most exciting race, but I would think that 
with it being back in the playoffs, this would have been more exciting just because there was a lot more on the line than in previous years at Homestead. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of storylines to follow going into this race, man. But um, overall, I thought it was okay. Um, just rather boring if I had to, if I had to, you know, pin it down into two words. But that's going to be the farthest thing from boring this weekend 100 yeah th this weekend's going to be fireworks everywhere and I i'm super excited about that but let's go ahead and jump into uh the top 10 real quick uh seeing where everybody finished in the dixie vodka 400 at homestead miami speedway you have kyle larson was able to bring home the checkered flag finishing first second ross chastain i believe this is back-to-back -back weeks where ross chastain has finished second so my man's getting hot at the right time third aj almendinger again this colleague racing team man these guys are they're they're outperforming what many expected uh, understanding that you know this was a team that you know, was going to have a part-time schedule as far as drivers go in the 16. The, these guys are, are doing the damn thing. Uh, Yo, fourth I'm, we Cody, I'm getting old, man. I'm getting old, and I'm going to interrupt you because you brought up colleague racing. And obviously, Justin Haley is on colleague racing, correct? Yes. And we know Door Bumper Clear features a crew chief for colleague racing. Yes. I'm just bringing this up because I, I was thinking about this today. I'm old, man. I get in the car now and just listen to podcasts. Amen. Like, I, I, oh man, the music is, <laughs> unless I'm at the gym, which I've really slacked off on, I just go straight to the podcast, man, and Door Bumper Clear is one of them. Dude, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's literally what I've been probably the past year or so. It's just me, like when I'm at work, I, I mean, I sit behind a desk at, at work, uh, so, you know, I have my opportunities to listen to music or podcasts or whatever, and 10 times out of 10, I'm listening to podcasts and the same with me getting it. Like, so if I'm leaving work and I have a podcast on, when I jump in my truck to go home, the podcast automatically starts yeah, back up man. when I get in my truck and I just listen to it on the way home. That That's just, that's where I'm at in my life. And guess what? I'm damn proud of it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we got Austin Dillon, uh, fourth, Brad Keselowski, fifth, Martin Truex Jr. Sixth, Denny Hamlin, seventh, Kevin Harvick, eighth, Kyle Busch, ninth, and Daniel Suarez rounds out the top 10. Uh, so Mike, you know the drill. Give me a couple things that really stick out to you looking at this top 10 from Homestead. Man, I feel like I'm talking about the same guys from week to week. Uh, but for me, I'm going to start with Ross Chastain. Uh, you mentioned it coming into reading off the top 10 here at Homestead. Uh, getting hot at the, at the right time. You know, we talked about Ross Chastain really cooling off towards the end of the year um, and not really making a lot of noise in the playoffs. But, you know, being in the right place at the right time for the most part obviously he got into some trouble uh i believe last round um yeah. and, and made his way out back onto the track which um and ended up finishing the race which got him into this round so um this team outside of that has been really picking it up um these past two weeks have been absolutely phenomenal for that team um and as you can see his uh teammate Right there, finishing the top 10 as well. So, a uh, really good day for that entire team. Um, and then again, uh, I felt like we've talked to, talked about this guy a lot towards the end of the year, and that's Brad Keselowski finishing in the fifth place. Um, really good to see him starting to run up front. Um, I think that that team is going to be a really a good playoff contender next year. I think uh, this was a good year for them to kind of come in their own, see where they are, um, and really, really dive into it. And um, I was actually, I think it was, I can't remember whose podcast it was on. I want to say maybe, it might've been junior's podcast where they were talking to Chris Busher and they were talking about bringing Brad Kozlowski over and just how bad of shape, just the actual race shop was in for that Roush team, um, before Brad got there. And I don't know, man, I just thought that that was really interesting to hear. And, um, you know, um, he was talking about, you know, bringing that team together and they're really starting to gel overall over there um, at that race team. So uh, really good to see them starting to run good, but I would say those two are the ones that really, really stick out to me most. Yeah, I have, um, I have, I'm looking at it. I have two drivers that really stick out to me right now. And that's Austin Dillon and Kyle Busch. I know that these drivers, you know, they're no longer in the playoffs, but these past three races, they all have three top tens. So I understand, hey, they're not still fighting for a, a championship, but 
look, man, these are competitors. They understand that while they're not still in the the running for a championship, they're still trying to better their their standings uh, order at the end of the year. So they're still fighting tooth and nail to try to get as many points as possible, have as great as finishes as possible so that they can continue to move up and at the end of the year maybe be a little higher in the standings than what they were going into the playoffs. Uh, and then the other thing that really sticks out to me is only three I'm sorry, I said three. That's because I was thinking Kyle Larson was still in there. He's not. Only two, <laughs> only two playoff drivers finished in the top 10. And I know I sound like a broken record, but, you know, again, you go from round 16 to the round of 12 to the round of eight to the championship four. Once you get to that round of eight, in order to make it to the, the championship four, you're going to need top 10 finishes, if not top five finishes. So to only see two out of the eight playoff drivers finish in the top 10, it's kind of crazy, man. I'm not used to seeing that in these playoffs. Yeah, man, super, super weird. And actually, one of the one of those uh, guys, at least one that sticks out to me, see, one, yeah, uh, one of them, dude, uh, isn't even in those that top four for points, I believe. So, um, and, and that's the 11 car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is so, so it's, it's very, crazy. very, very weird to see that. But obviously, you know, we had we knew Chase had the lead. Joey got a win last week. Ross Chastain has been very strong these past two races. Yep. Um, and I can't remember who's fourth right off the top William of my Byron. head, but William Byron. So, um, I don't even know where he finished. Well, let's actually let's jump. Well, into yeah, that. We'll, we'll jump into that. So here are the playoff drivers who finished outside of the top ten at Homestead this Sunday. Christopher Bell was right there, finishes 11th. William Byron, 12th. Chase Elliott, 14th. Ryan Blaney, 17th. Joey Logano, 18th. And then Chase Briscoe, who had trouble in the middle of the race, hit the wall, basically knocked his car out of contention. He finishes last in 36. So just looking at that, obviously us talking about seeing that only six uh, I mean, only two of the eight playoff drivers finished in the top 10. Looking at these playoff drivers that finished outside of the top 10, what's something that really stands out to you? Yeah, for me, it's going to be Ryan Blaney, right? We talk about Mr. Consistency all year, even in the playoffs. Obviously had a hiccup in the playoffs, but um, really weird to see him finish in the 17th uh, position. I feel like uh, that's a guy uh, that we talked about again on a weekly basis about being consistent and you know he's in a real big hole here but uh my second one is a guy who's even in a bigger hole and that's chase briscoe obviously in that 14 car was out of the race early finished 36 as we see on the graphic um listen i think he has went above all expectations especially ours so far in this in this playoff run um but it would be really really nice to see him uh, get a win at Martinsville if he can pull it off. That's what he's going to need to do and get into that championship forward. Be it's been a hell of a year for that 14 team, especially from where Stuart Haas started overall and where they finished. Um, so I would say it is a successful season uh, in my eyes. But you know, I know that 14 team wants to go and move on. But those are the two that really sticks out to me. What about you? Yeah, I mean, really, the only thing that sticks out to me on this. Uh on this list is just seeing Ryan Blaney, as you mentioned, finishing 17th. And would he have had a better day if not for his miscues? Of course, he more than likely would have probably finished top five. But he had the issue, I believe, coming off of pit road where he, I believe he like missed a shift or something like that. He spun out, just things went downhill from there for him. And mind you, this was towards the end of the race. I, I want to say it might have been like, you know, 30-ish or so laps left. So we, we preached this into the playoffs, into the round of 16, the round of 12. He was one of the most consistent drivers so far in these playoffs, Ryan Blaney. But you look at these last two weeks, he's been far from consistent. And with only one race left, mind you, Martinsville, he he does do pretty well at Martinsville. I don't know if it's going to be enough time for him to be able to catch up because, again, we're in the round of eight. The, the best of the best are still alive. And points are going to be very few and far between to get. So just seeing Ryan Blaney be very inconsistent two weeks in a row, that really sticks out to me. Yeah, man, I think that that's the obvious one here. And they're going to have to go in and, and get a win. But then again, maybe not because crazy th crazier things have happened at Martinsville. And, um, you know, the points are not that far spread out. Yeah, and actually, let's go ahead and jump into 
the playoff standings right now. As you see, Joey Logano, he's he clinched his spot the other week with the win at Las Vegas. Uh, you have Ross Chastain, he's plus 19 in second. Chase Elliott in third, plus 11. William Byron in fourth, plus five. And then we get to those guys on the outside looking in. Diddy Hamlin sits in fifth, minus five. Ryan Blaney sits in six, minus 18. Christopher Bell in seventh, minus 33. And then, of course, Chase Briscoe, who had the unfortunate circumstances at Homestead this past weekend. He is sitting in eighth at minus 44 points out. So, again, Mike, you know, looking at this, seeing some of these names that are in the red that we figured would actually be in the green, what's yeah. really sticking out to you right now? Again, man, I go back to, to Ryan Blaney. And honestly – Let's take Ryan Blaney even out of this, even though he is the one who sticks out to me. Denny Hamlin right here in, in coming into the red. I definitely think thought that this was a guy who would definitely be in this top four, um, maybe in that fourth spot. Um, but, man, he, he was complaining a lot this past week, even though he got a top 10 finish about just really not having that speed um, at Homestead. Uh, so I, I hopefully for him that doesn't translate over to Martinsville. Uh, luckily for him, he's only five points out, and we know anything can happen in Martinsville. In Martinsville, so uh, Ryan Blaney is in a little bit more of a deeper hole. Um, he can definitely make it in on points, but he is going to, in my opinion, have to finish, uh, have to gain stage points in all three stages uh, if he doesn't win the race, and then have some luck really to make it into that race. And when I say luck, that means avoid the wrecks and hoping uh, those guys in the white outside of Joey Logano runs into some trouble as well. Yeah. And I mean, you, when you sit back and look at this, right, like Denny Hamlin, he's good at Martinsville, but I don't think anybody expected him to be in the red going into Martinsville. You know, and Denny Hamlin, he's been pretty consistent in these playoffs so far. This just goes to show you, Denny Hamlin, who I believe only had one win in the regular season, didn't really have that many stage wins. He didn't really go into the playoffs with a huge playoff uh, playoff points. Yeah. So I, I believe a lot of that is showing right now, just seeing that he's been consistent in these playoffs, yet he's still five points to the bad on making it to that championship four. But one thing that... I'm still struggling to wrap my head around and I understand, you know, he's sitting there in third, he's plus 11, but if you just, just put the name Chase Elliott there, put the name Denny Hamlin, put the name Ryan Blaney. There's a good chance that one out of those three do not make it to the championship four. And I believe that, we had – I'm going to have to go back and look. I, I I might be wrong with this, but I believe that we had those three into the championship four. I could be very wrong, but I will say this. Even if I didn't have them or you didn't have them, I guarantee you a lot of the, the viewers, a lot of the NASCAR fans, I guarantee you they had those three names into the championship four. So to know that there's a possibility that one, maybe even two of those guys don't even make it to the championship four – that's real eye-opening. Yeah, I know. For, I can't remember from the beginning of uh, the playoffs who I had in off the top of my head, but I think when we we had this topic, I believe last week or the start, you know, the when we redid it. The, yeah, when we redid it, I think I had Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, and Ryan Blaney. Yeah, I think um, and I was on the fence with Ryan Blaney. That was the. I think that was my last guy in. Yeah. Um, and, and it's gonna it's gonna be tough for them. You're gonna have to ask a guy like uh. Uh, William Byron and Ross Chastain. Ross is 19 points to the, to, excuse me, to the good right now. Um, and you're gonna, he's gonna have to have a bad day, uh, to really not make it to the next round. Um, and he's just been so consistent. Obviously, again, anything can happen in Martinsville. Uh, but I definitely think the guys that need to be worried are, are definitely William Byron. And uh, Chase Elliott needs to get some state. It's, if Chase Elliott can stay out of trouble and get uh, stage points, if he can be in the top five, at least in those first two stage points, and hopefully Denny Hamlin uh, doesn't get a win uh, or, or even Ryan Blaney, I think I think that Chase would be good, man. I really do. Um, I've, I've, out of all of these races that we – even Talladega, the one that he, he won at, Martinsville was the race that I felt most confident Chase Elliott would have a good run at. This is the thing. I know that we're going to preview Martinsville towards the end of the show, but th there's one thing that that's really sitting heavy on me right now. And it's, 
if if I'm not Joey Logano, so if I'm the other seven drivers in these playoffs that are still trying to clinch my my birth into the championship four, I'm scared as hell going into Martinsville. I don't care how good you are there. Martinsville is known for two things, brake issues and tire issues. And with it being so such a short track, it's only a half a mile. Let's just say that you have some sort of issue under green and you have to come down pit road. You're immediately going to be three or four laps down. I, I mean, that that's a tough hole to come out of. So I'm telling you, if I'm any of these other seven drivers not named Joey Logano, I'm scared as hell going into Martinsville this weekend. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> dude, it's it's Martinsville, man. It's it's going to be hectic. It's going to be crazy. It's short track racing. Uh, you know, to to go to the championship, and and it's, and it, this is where this is where you put all your ducks in the middle. Um, even if you're a Ross Chastain, I mean, all right. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. if you're Ross Chastain, are you playing it safe? I just I, Martinsville's not one of those tracks you can really play it safe, right? Like, True. I feel like when when you when you think of tracks that you can play it safe, it's normally the bigger tracks, especially the Talladegas, the Daytonas, right? Because normally, as long as you can stay within the draft, you can stay in the back and work your way up if need be. But at Martinsville, you trying to play it safe means that you're likely not going to be going as hard, which means you're not going to be going as fast. You're going to get lapped. And what happens when you get lapped? You're back there with a whole bunch of lap cars that some guys are fighting for their life to stay on the lead lap. Rex happened, man. I I just, Martinsville is not one of those places you can go and hide. And that's again, something that would scare the hell out of me in this situation, man. So Ross Chastain being plus 19. Yeah. He has a little more, uh, I guess, leeway, but the thing is, with these stages as well, if yeah. Ross Chastain doesn't get any stage points in those first two stages and a guy like a Denny Hamlin or a Ryan Blaney accumulate, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15, now you're saying Chastain might only be plus four? Uh, Dude, yeah. th- this this race, I- I'm, I'm going to go ahead and call it right now. Again, I know we still have to preview it, which it almost sounds like we're previewing it right now. But this Martinsville race might be the craziest race of the playoffs. I'm going to go ahead and call that right now. Man, I hope I hope you're right, and I, I honestly I don't I don't think you're wrong. I think it's it's definitely going to be that way. I mean, think about it. Christopher Bell and Chase Briscoe are going to have to win this race to make it. We've seen Christopher Bell before. do it before, exactly. And he is. They're both going to push the hell out of these cars because they're even though they're on the right there as far as they're out of it, they're to the point where they can't make it in on points, so they're going to have to push the limits like they're gonna go all in they don't have to quote unquote play it safe in any type of way um so they're gonna push the entire race get as much points as possible but also go up there and try to win the race because that's what they're gonna need to do um i i think the first two stage points are gonna be huge for these drivers Big time. um and that's that's another thing too that makes the playoffs especially the cutoff races so damn exciting because you are chasing those stage points. So you're not going to go as light as you would for stage points maybe earlier in the season. This is the playoffs. This is the cutoff race for the championship. They're going to run hard every lap of this race. I have some scenarios that I want to talk to you about in regards to Martinsville, but I'm going to go ahead and save that towards the end when we actually preview the race. Um, So let's go ahead and jump into though one of our first topics of the day and that is surrounded by mr kyle larson he was able to get that victory at homestead miami speedway this weekend and for those that don't know kyle larson while he's not still in it for the driver's championship he's still in it for the owner's championship and the win at homestead this weekend went ahead and clinched his birth to the championship four so i just want to know from you Scale of one to ten, what are the chances that Kyle Larson wins the owners championship this year? Say eight. Woo-hoo. Um, I like Kyle Larson a lot at Phoenix. Um, I feel like he is a really good driver at Phoenix, being again that he has already cl- clinched his uh spot at Phoenix. I think that he has a really good chance at winning this race. I said earlier in the podcast that I felt like that I don't think that he is done winning races and that means we only when we only have two races left. I don't think that he's going to win this week. Um 
but I do think that he has a really good shot at winning at Phoenix. And I do think that the, I believe I said that this is the year where I feel like the, we'll have two different people doing burnouts when it comes to uh, Phoenix. Now that granted that's, we saw, I, we, I think we saw that happen with um, Chase Elliott, the year that he won, I believe. No, not Chase Elliott. Who was it? Oh, I'm talking about just in no, regards no. to not a playoff driver winning that last race. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was I'll, like Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson. It was. I was. I was thinking. I think. I think. I was thinking about because the year Chase Elliott won was the year Jimmy Johnson retired. retired I believe. Yeah. So I think they asked. They wanted Jimmy Johnson to do a burnout, and Jimmy was like, "No, I'm not going to do it." So that's yeah. that's what that's what I was thinking about. But I think we could see it uh, happen where we're, we're going to have two people celebrating: one person in victory lane and one person on the front stretch celebrating. Uh, the championship. So uh, I do think that that happens. And I do think the winner of the Phoenix race will be showing my hand here for next week's podcast. Um, but I, I definitely think it's going to be Kyle Larson. I think that he does win the owner's championship. Um, but as far as scale, his chances, I got to be, I can't throw my whole, um, you know, everything at the wall. So I'll, I'll leave a little leeway and give him an eight out of 10. So I, I kind of broke this down in regards to, I use the scale of one to 10, sort of like a percentage, right? So zero to a hundred percent. And you have to look at Kyle Larson will be around three other drivers going for the owner's championship as well. Right. So I would say that he would, I would say he's probably the favorite to win. Right. But I know that if a Chase Elliott makes it to the championship for if a, a Denny Hamlin, like they're very good at Phoenix as well. So I'm going to break it down in terms of what are my chance? What are the chances I think he wins? So I'm going to give him like a 35% chance to win that race. Right. And then you can fill everybody else in like, you know, maybe you throw Chase Elliott at 30, Denny Hamlin at 25, Joey Logano, whatever. So on the scale that would fall to about a three and a half on a scale of one to 10. But the thing with this, that is so crazy. And you said it, we, we haven't really seen the, the winner of that race at Phoenix or just the last race in general, even when it was at Homestead, be a driver that wasn't in the championship running still. And the last time that there were separate uh, championship winners in regards to one was an owner's champion and the other was a driver's champion, I believe dates all the way back to 1969. Yikes. So, I mean, we're saying it's been, what, over 50 years since we've seen that happen. And another reason why I give Kyle Larson like a 35% chance to win that race is the simple fact of I really do think that he's been very, very – tough on himself ever since he didn't make it into the round of eight right but we know he's a competitor he loves to drive he still wants to get something out of this right like wins are one thing but he still wants to get some sort of championship i understand the owner's championship isn't his championship but still to be able to put your name in the record books just to say hey well I was the my car was the owner's champion. I, I really think that he's playing with that chip on his shoulder because he he still thinks that he has stuff to prove to other people. Oh, a hundred percent. I definitely think that. And listen, going out and and winning uh, the championship last year, coming back and getting the owner's championship, it'd be really really good for him. Um, and I think that he can do it, man. I have really really high confidence. I think I'm I'm the, probably the most confident I've been in Kyle Larson in a while. Like. I, I really do. I would say this year. Um, I, I just think that he gets it done, man. I think that he has, a, like you said, chip on his shoulder. I think that he's very disappointed and blames himself for not making it into the playoffs. Um, so I think that he goes out and he gets this done. I, I mean, I think Kyle Larson is one of those guys when he puts his mind to something, he goes out there and performs on the track. So I give him a really high shot, and I think he gets it done. And here's the thing with the the whole owner's championship. When you look at it, all right, Joey Logano won at Las Vegas. Kyle Larson won at Homestead. So those two are locked in for the owner's championship into the championship four. But there's still two spots remaining. So let's say a Chase Elliott finishes second in the standings in regards to this round of eight. And William Byron finishes third in the standings. 
those would be the two drivers that would be still in contention for the owner's championship. So you're saying there's a possibility going into Phoenix, Hendrick has three of the four cars still fighting for that owner's championship. That that'd be remarkable, man. Hendrick's happy as hell. 100%. Then again, Joy Logano is one of those guys that'll go out and fucking win Phoenix. Spoil the party. That's that's just what he does. So (laughs) I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be these, these next two weeks are going to be phenomenal. They are. I agree. Uh, But, you know, we talked about going to Phoenix, going to that championship four and, a guy that seems like he always punches his ticket to the championship for is Denny Hamlin. Uh, but as we saw in those playoff standings a moment ago, Denny Hamlin is actually minus five. He's just sitting in fifth right now in the playoff standings. So I want to ask you, Mike, with Denny Hamlin, if he doesn't win a championship this year, will he ever win one? Man, I'm going to have to say no. Um, and I don't, obviously I think that he has a few more years racing, um, Hopefully, I mean, we'll see what happens. He's very like, he's very, he's been very outspoken about this car and the safety of it. So, you know, I know that's going to play a huge factor in any decision that a lot of drivers make, especially when they get up there in age. Um, But I think that this is going to be his best year to do so. I mean, obviously, he's probably going to come back next year and have a strong car again uh, because he is in that Gibbs car. But the only thing with this is, just not really a guarantee no matter how good he is uh we've seen this year that um these cars are just so unpredictable and even deep into where we're at now into the playoffs there has not been a dominating team still in my opinion so i don't see that changing going into the offseason and going into next year i I still think that i I don't i don't know what it's going to take if we'll ever have a dominating team and i'm sure we will you know what i mean uh but i think it's going to take some time to get used to these cars and you know how much more will these more will these cars change in the future when it comes to moderate you know modifications for safety uh so i definitely think that this is going to be that this is his best chance to win uh because it's not guaranteed to get there and again he's not even guaranteed to get there this year so um he's again you talked about it he's been in that final four plenty of times just hasn't been able to punch his ticket um i just think he's running out of time man he's here soon in the next year or two he's gonna be i don't know really the only guy older well with cal garn gone next year the you know one of the last remaining veterans on that team so um I don't know, man. It's it's interesting uh, to think about uh, just because obviously we don't know what's going to happen next year. But I definitely feel like that this is going to be his best chance to win. Doesn't mean he's not going to be competitive in the years to come. But again, in these cars, nothing's nothing's guaranteed. So um, unlike previous years, I would automatically punch him into the four. Um, I th- again, I think I've said that from what I can remember before these cars came into play, he's he's only missed the playoffs like once or twice in his entire career. And one of those years is when he broke his leg. So, um, which he got, he did that because he got spun out by Joey Logano, but whatever. I don't think Joey got suspended for that. Um, (laughs) yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think that this is, uh, his best chance to win going forward. And I mean, I think that you, you hit the nail on the head with Denny Hamlin and his competitiveness, right? Like, Denny Hamlin is, I believe, 41 years old, right? So he's not young by any means in regards to to NASCAR drivers. But in my opinion, he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down, right? Like, I mean, he's still very competitive week in and week out. And if we're going to be honest, I understand, you know, a lot of things go into a race. A lot of things affect how the, the race or the outcome of a race. But you know, if he doesn't have the pit road problems that he does this year, he probably goes into the playoffs with five wins. You know what I'm saying? So in regards to competitiveness, that's not slowing down. I think that he's going to be competitive year out, year in and year out. But the thing is, we're asking, you know, is he going to be able to win a championship if he doesn't get it this year? And the thing that scares me with that is, He's punched his ticket countless times to the championship four or into that final race, and he just hasn't gotten it done. At what point does that wear on you, right? How many times does it take for you to get oh so close, but ultimately not get it? How much does that mentally and physically affect you 
in the years after that. Obviously, it hasn't affected him that much because he's continuing to make it to this race. But again, he's getting older. He's getting older. It's going to start wearing on you. And like you said, a lot of people, you've said this countless times on the on the podcast, he did an interview where a lot of people are comparing him to Mark Martin. That's not a slap in the face. Mark Martin was one of the best drivers ever. He was a hell of a driver. He was just never able to win that championship. And I wonder how much of that creeps into his head, right? Because whatever sport you're playing, it doesn't matter if it's a team sport like a football, basketball. And I understand NASCAR is a team sport. I get that. But Denny Hamlin is the driver. He's piloting these cars. How much... I mean, you're there to win the championship. That's what it is. Your goal is to win the championship. And to just know like, oh, well, if he doesn't win it this year, he has another 36 race stretch that he has to go through next year just to try to get to that same spot. I guess it becomes this, right? If you're a driver that never makes it to the playoffs and you finally do and you don't win the championship that year, it's like, all right, we got next year. We can improve. Literally, Denny Hamlin's improvement has to be to win this final race. That is it. He's proven everything else. And that it has, has to be and it has been for a while. And it, it has, has been for a while. Like, that's the hump that he needs to get over. How many How many Daytona 500 wins does he have? Is it three? Three, I believe, yeah. So he's, he's marked that off of his – He won the Coke um, 600 this year. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's won the, the Southern 500 at Darlington. Like, he's – I think he's won an all-star race as well. Like, he's won the big races, right? There's only one thing left to add to the mantle, and that's a driver championship. I mean, if he doesn't get it done this year, do I think that he'll make the playoffs next year? Sure. Yeah. But I I really think that after this year, it's going to get to that point where it's like, all right, man, it's really going to start affecting him. I don't know if you can automatically put him into the championship for next year. Yeah, I agree, man. And it's uh, I mentioned it before. You know, people are starting to – like when they take digs at him, talk about him not having a championship, and I don't That's care what he, I don't care what he says, it bothers him. Oh, one hundred percent, it bothers him. I mean, again, you said it best. All these drivers are in it to win championships and again no matter what sport you're in, you want to win a championship. So that's what he's in it for. He's got the big races under his belt. Um I bet you he'd give up one of those 500s for a championship. He'd probably give all three of them up for a championship, man. And I mean, and that's that's the thing in sports, right? Like, you look at some of the greats. You look at the Dan Marinos. You look at the Allen Iversons, the Charles Barkleys. Like, you look at these these players, the Cal Ripken Juniors. You look at these players who were dominant in their sport, have all the accolades – Yet the only thing they don't have is a championship. That you hear Shaq taking digs at Charles Barkley all the time about not having a championship. I don't care how cool, calm, and collected Charles Barkley is. I know that hurts him every time Shaq takes a dig at him, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But like, you know, it's you always fiend for what you never got done in your sports career. Um, you know, I've heard Tony Stewart say that he would give up one of his championships to win the Daytona five hundred. Uh, which is huge. I don't know if I would do that um, because championships, I feel like, is the biggest thing you can accomplish. Like, that's the main goal. But we all know how big the day, winning the Daytona 500 is for these drivers and how big of a race that is in your sport. We talk about it's the Super Bowl of NASCAR. Um, yeah, obviously, at the Super Bowl in the NFL, if you win that, you win your championship. It's not like that in NASCAR. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. So I, th- I feel like um, everybody fiends for what they what they haven't experienced and what they don't have uh, but for denny hamlin he's dipped his hand in everything possible except for uh except for that championship if he can if he can get that championship i think that he puts himself on a pedestal pedestal of uh rare drivers that i feel like i've, I've done it all um and that'd be a huge step for his career um, if he doesn't win a championship, I still think he's one of the best drivers of all time, but I think that that elevates him in the conversations when it comes to uh greatest of all time, if he can get one of those championships. I'm glad that you, you mentioned that because you just gave me an idea for a topic when we hit the off season, uh, that's going to be surrounded about Denny Hamlin and his ranks. So thank you for that, sir. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I think we both agree that if he doesn't win a championship this year, 
he's still going to be competitive. He's still going to win races, but it has to take a toll on him. Has to. Yep. So uh, let's go ahead and, and switch gears a little bit, kind of keeping up with the playoffs, but just looking at uh, where we're at in regards to some of the guys that are in the on the outside looking in, and that deals with Ryan Blaney and Christopher Bell. So as we saw in those playoff standings, both of those guys, I believe Blaney, yeah, there it is right there. He's six and minus 18, which 18 points out is still doable in regards to pointing your way into those uh, four spots. But Christopher Bell sitting in seventh and minus 33, it's more, more than likely that he's going to have to win at Martinsville to make his way into the uh, the championship four. So I want to ask you, between Christopher Bell and Ryan Blaney, who do you have more confidence in to make it to the championship four? This was tough for me. I've been really high on Blaney all year, and rightfully so, right? He's been really consistent, but has had two really inconsistent bad weeks that has him sitting 18 points out. But we know what happened to Christopher Bell uh, two weeks ago and why he's in the position that he's in. So, um, as you can see, in any other situation, I feel like that this would be pretty simple. I feel like Ryan Blaney is less points out. But honestly, dude, the way Christopher Bell ra- has been racing with his back against the wall, and as long as he can avoid trouble, I feel like that he can compete each week to win this race. Uh, Ryan Blaney, um, I just feel like not every week he can compete to win a race. I feel like every week he's can run into that top 10, top five-ish type area. Um, so this was really tough for me. Um, and I, I'm still on the fence about it, but I'm going to have, I'm still going to have to roll after saying all that. I'm going to have to go with Ryan Blaney. Um, and I, I just feel like, it's so tough no matter how good you are and, and with your back against the wall to go out here and win races, let alone a race like this uh, at a short track. Um, it's, it's just so tough, dude. Uh, I think Ryan, I think Christopher Bell gets a top five finish. Um, but man, I, I think, I think Ryan Blaney, I would give Ryan, I would give Ryan Blaney a shot to, make it in now if this question if i had phrased this question differently i would pick both of these drivers to be out going into you. this going into this week but if i had to put my chips in, in in one bag i would go ryan blaney man uh it's hard despite the past two weeks i have to go with the consistency uh, and that's no disrespect to christopher bell because i all the adversity that he's been through especially these playoffs he's been absolutely phenomenal but i'll Definitely. stick with uh i'll stick with ryan blaney what about you yeah, I mean, so I look at it like this, right? We know Christopher Bell is still young. I mean, both of these drivers are young, but Christopher Bell is uh, a tad younger than Ryan Blaney. And Boy looks 16. He does. Uh, only Ty Gibbs looks younger. That's it. Uh, but when you when you look at, at drivers and the maturity and the experience, it, it seems like it's all coming together for Christopher Bell this year, right? Like, I feel like it's safe to say that this – has been his best year in the cup series by far compared to his other years. But the thing is, he's not good at Martinsville, man. Can it change? Of course. Right. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into winning races and not only is it, you know, being dominant at a certain track, you know, your crew can put you in in good situations. You can make, you know, calls on your own to, to get you track position. But when you look at it, and this is since 2019, all right. Christopher Bell only has one top 10 finish in Martinsville. He has an average finish of 17.4. When you look at Ryan Blaney, Ryan Blaney has five top fives at Martinsville, and he has an average finish of 5.6. I I just, I, I don't see the stats really changing much unless Ryan Blaney has the, uh, the day that he's had these past two weekends. And that's just making driver errors. I just don't see that happening at Martinsville for Ryan Blaney. All my confidence goes to Ryan Blaney in this scenario over Christopher Bell. Yeah, there's really no argument here. Um, I'll tell you what, I kind of want to rescind my top five um, prediction for Bell. I didn't know it was that bad. I didn't expect that. But then again, like you said, it's been a different season for him, right? He's definitely coming to his own. So... I can well. I mean, again, another big test for him. Um, it, it'll show a lot. Uh, we've already seen a lot out of him. He, I think he's had a really, really good year. 
Um, and if he doesn't make it to the championship for that doesn't change anything. Uh, but I do think that we will get a lot of fight out of Christopher Bell. And I do think that he'll uh, break that mold as, as far as top 10 finishes. I do think that he'll get a top 10 finish this week. I just, I don't believe that it's going to be enough. I, I, well, obviously he's going to have to win the race, but I, and I don't think that's going to happen. So, um, but yeah, if I had to go with my money, man, I'm with you. I had to go Ryan Blaney for sure. For I mean, but either way, I, especially at Martinsville, this being the cutoff race, I don't really think it matters how good you are or how bad you are. People are going pedal to the metal here, man. It, especially these guys, the Ryan Blaney, the Christopher Bells, man. Like they know, especially Christopher Bell, he's almost in a must win situation. So he and his crew are going to do everything possible yeah. to, to get the win. So, you know, crazier things have happened. That's true. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about we, we looked at these two guys who are on the outside looking in. We have three drivers who are in the green right now, but they still haven't clinched their spot into the championship four. And that's Ross Chastain, Chase Elliott and William Byron. So out of those three drivers I just named, which driver would you say has the best chance to miss the championship four? I'm going to have to go with uh, William Byron here. Um, you know, I don't know that may seem like the easiest choice. He's the last guy there, um, you know, right before the cutoff. But I think Chase El Elliott is really, really good at Martinsville. It's one of the most uh, race, it's the race that I felt most confident in the entire playoffs for him outside of the Robo, of course. Um, and then Ross Chastain, you brought it up. I mean, when we went over the top tens, he has uh, really, really two good finishes these past two weeks. I think that that continues. And I think that he makes it into the championship four unless somebody decides to pay him back. Mm. And that, you see, we've seen a lot of payback at Martinsville in the past. That's for sure. I'll tell you what, we saw Denny Hamlin race him a lot, real tough last week. And kudos to Chastain. He didn't back down at all. He was racing him hard back. So I don't think that that feud is over with, but we'll see how that goes over these next two weeks. It could come this week at Martinsville, could come next week. It all depends. So, um, yeah, for me, I have to go with William Byron. I just think that, I, again, it just goes back to the confidence that I have at Chase Elliott here at Martinsville and then just uh, the just the hot streak that Ross Chastain has been going uh, these past two weeks. I definitely think that that continues for him in this race team. So uh, I have to go with William Byron, dude. Yeah, I understand Chastain has, you know, what, about a 14-point lead over William Byron in fourth and a 19-point lead overall. Uh, from the cutoff at fifth. But here's my thing. I just gave you some stats about Christopher Bell and how bad he is at Martinsville. Ross Chastain is kind of the same. He, he's raced at Martinsville in a cup car uh, seven times. Out of those seven times, five of those finishes have been 27th or worse. He has a 17th place finish. And then this year uh, in the, the spring, he did finish fifth. Now, it's easy to say, you know, he's with the new team in, in track house racing. He was able to finish fifth. Like, maybe he's going to be very good at, at Martinsville. But I also look at Chase Elliott, right? Like, Chase Elliott, he, he dominates at Martinsville. I, I think that's the, the furthest out of these three. I, Chase Elliott's a lock, in my opinion, right? So it comes down to Chastain or Byron. Byron won the race in the spring this year. He's very good at Martinsville. I understand that Chastain has a bigger lead over Byron, but I can see Byron getting a lot of stage points in these first two stages and getting a top five finish at Martinsville. So if I had to pick out of these three, I'm going to say Ross Chastain has the best chance to miss the championship board. Man, that's that's crazy, dude. Yeah, I know. I know, man. And again, I understand he's while he's not, you know, out of the woods in regards to points, because he's only plus 19. Plus 19 is a lot better than William Byron at plus five. I totally oh, 100%. Yeah. I totally get that. But I don't know, man. Something's just telling me. I, I, I didn't predict Byron to win the race, and we'll go over that a little later. But I do believe that he's going to pick up points in both stages, and he's going to get a top five finish. And I think that might just be enough to outdo Ross Chastain. I mean, you bring up good valid points. I mean, you know, a guy that hasn't been strong here at Martinsville, it's it's hard to, you know, to to pick him to uh, you know, move on. But uh the, Ross Chastain is 
I feel like in a lot better equipment this year. Um, this whole team is just running better. I don't know, man. So I would love for Ryan, William Byron to get in over Ross. Um, but I don't know, man. Something's telling me that I, I don't think it's going to happen, man. I, the, I don't know, man. I think that William gets out and and Denny Hamlin squeezes in, and that's that's who we're rolling with. And, I mean, something else that really jumps out at me when I think about this, and I, I get it, these are two different tracks. They're, they're two somewhat different scenarios, but we look at what – Look at what happened in that cutoff race at the round of 12 when we were at the Roval. Chastain, I think he finished like 35th because he ended up having issues with his car. Who's to say that doesn't happen, right? I mean, but again, who's to say that doesn't happen for William Byron yeah. or or Chase Elliott or Denny Ham or whatever? I, I just, I don't know, man. Something's just telling me that Ross Chastain, Byron's going to have a much better day and it's going to accumulate into more points than what Chastain does, so... I don't so know. We'll, we'll see what happens, man. Well, so when we're looking at these points, actually, I'll say I'll I'll save it for um for our Martinville preview. All right. Well, I mean, if you want to save it for your Martinville preview, guess what? We can go ahead and jump into that Martinville preview <laughs> right now because it is that time. Let's go ahead and talk about the Xfinity 500 at Martinsville this weekend. Again, half mile track, Martinsville. I, again, it. I think it's so beautiful to have a cutoff race at these short tracks, right? Again, I've said it before, these short tracks, they're the grassroots uh, of NASCAR. And we know Martinsville puts on a, a show every single time we go there. It doesn't matter if it's in the spring or in the fall. It's always putting on a show. Tempers always flare. But guess what? That's short track racing, baby. So let's talk about it, man. Xfinity 500 preview at Martinsville. What are your thoughts right now? Right now? I'm, I'm, I, you brought up short track, and the first thing that came to my mind was North Wilkesboro. And Ooh. I'm just w wondering if you got your credit card ready uh, to buy us, me, you, and Eli some all star yeah, tickets. Those tickets, they'll probably go on sale at like 12 o'clock noon, and they'll be sold out <laughs> at 12 o'clock and 30 seconds. Okay. I was about it, to say it, that's it, true. 100%. It, and it's some guy in his basement buying all of them. 100%, man. And uh, the other thing with that, though, is I'm going to be honest with you. You already know that it's not going to be a lot of it's not going to be as much seed in capacity as, you know, a Charlotte, of course, where the all star yeah. race normally is or Texas or whatever. I don't think NASCAR. Has seen what's going to happen in regards to these ticket sales, the, the website well, in general holding up because of all the traffic that's about to come happen. through. Not it's going to be happen. crazy, man. But shout out to NASCAR and North Wilkesboro is a track in itself putting on a whole week of events. I know, man. And that's man. the thing, right? It's like the ticket that you buy. I believe they say it's like $299, $300 or something. But that ticket gets you, you know, I believe they're going to have uh, like some late models there. The the yep. uh, Welland race. Like it's going to be a whole bunch of, of stuff starting, I believe, that Wednesday all the way into that Saturday. Like you can legitimately make a nice four or five day long weekend out of this. I, I think that's amazing. Yeah, no, absolutely, dude. Um, can't wait for that. But back to this short track, man. I think it's gonna be chaotic. I think it's gonna be crazy. Um, and here's what I wanted to ask you about. We look at these drivers, and I feel like each week more than one playoff driver has problems, right? Who would you pick? to have problems this week well i'm not even going to count chase briscoe man and I, that's no slight at him right like he, he's minus 44 if he has problems it is what it is right true yeah but i mean when you look at this i can honestly see a ross chastain having problems because of what we saw at the end of the round of 12 i could see it even though i just said you know he's probably one of the the best racers at martinsville over the past three or four years Seeing the self-inflicted wounds that Ryan Blaney has caused himself and his team over the past few weeks, I could see Ryan Blaney having trouble. And again, yeah. going back to my point of what I said earlier on in the show, brake issues and tire issues. You mix Huge that, you combine that with tempers and people. Look, Martinsville is that track that a driver is going to give you a couple laps, right? If they know that they're faster than you, they're going to give you a couple laps to see what you're going to do. And if you don't get out of the way, the bumper's coming to you. How many times have we seen the bumper go to somebody and that causes a wreck? It collects some yeah. drivers in that. 
I, you're going to see it all this weekend, man. So, but your question, I can see a Ross Chastain. I can see a Ryan Blaney. I can see some drivers like that having problems this weekend. Yeah, me too, man. I, I totally agree with you. And we, again, you bring up a good point. We, we've seen the tempers flare in the past, right? This is the cutoff race. Like, it's going to be... Multiply that by 100. Oh, right? man. Like, it, it's going to be <laughs> great. I mean, I mean, we see guys here at... Uh, the last week at Vegas and uh, oh, I'm sorry, the week before at Vegas and then this past week at Homestead, guys are bumping off of each other and it's a much wider track um, compared to what Martinsville is. I mean, so, man, I don't it's just going to be wild, man. I wish it was already Sunday because uh, it's going to be absolutely crazy, dude. Absolutely mm -hmm. crazy. I'm super excited for it. Um, I'm really looking forward to um Again, I say it every week, but the pitch strategy here, and, and the reason I say that this week is because of the tires. And yep. you brought up you brought up that good point. And what are these drivers going to do when it comes to preserving their brakes? I mean, you can't do but so much here at Martinsville. Yep. Um, and if you do, um, it's the guy behind you going to try to get an edge on you by going a little deeper into the corner when he's behind you, and maybe hit that back bump. I mean, man, it's just it's just a lot of crazy stuff. But I do agree with you that tires are going to be a big, big factor this weekend. And, and here's the thing: when you think of a Martinsville or a Bristol, most of the time the fuel window is something crazy, right? Like 125 laps, 150 laps, whatever. But normally the stages are like right there, 125 laps or so. So these drivers normally will come in though, and they'll they'll take tires at you know maybe the the 70 75 uh lap mark how many drivers are we going to see especially the the drivers in that bottom four who need playoff points or or stage points i should say how many guys are we going to see kind of test those limits of those tires right yes, yes they see these leaders coming into pit so now they're like all right well i had three or four guys ahead of me that pit i can finish fourth in this stage and get seven points but Hey, a lot of risk comes with a yep. lot of consequence as well. Yeah, I mean, you, you take gotta... that risk. What happens if you blow a tire? Guess what? Now your day is over with, man. Yep. It's going to be like you said, the pitch strategy is going to be on full display. I'm so excited for it. But I had mentioned earlier in the show that there was something I wanted to ask you scenario wise. Um, and I look at it like this. Let's say, scenario-wise, let's say that we get to, I don't know, 25, 30 laps left in the race, maybe a little more. Let, let's say below 50 laps are left in the race, and caution comes out. These guys need to, you know, are, are they going to come pick and fresh tires? Are they going to stay out? Blah, blah, blah. What happens if a Chase Briscoe stays out, and now he's on, you know, 100 lap tires? Yeah. And he's in first, like I I can immediately see these cars behind him that line up that are going to be so much faster because of tires really up on him, possibly moves him out the way. He's trying to make sure he stays in front of him. A big wreck happens. What happens if it collects three or four drivers in the playoffs? Man, Ooh, man then it's definitely going to obviously going to come down to points unless yeah. you <laughs> unless you have a guy like Christopher Bell that was able to avoid it. And now Christopher Bell's in second. You know and, what I mean? And then, but then guess what? He's in second. He knows he more than likely has to win. What's he going to do going into turn one after that caution finishes? He's doing what he has to do to get the win you to move on to that championship four, bro. It to. is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, I'm, I'm very, it, I think this is the most excited I've been for a race since Daytona, the cutoff before the playoffs started. We knew Daytona was going to be crazy and it did not, disappointed all i think um, this martinsville race I, I might be a little more excited for this than i was that daytona race I can't yeah wait, man. yeah i think i am too um and that i wish it was look i wish it was saturday night though right? oh me too could me you too. imagine god yeah. that would be amazing no, uh but let's go ahead and and uh take a look at these uh past five winners at martinsville in that playoff race at martinsville you have alex bowman who was able to win it last year chase elliott in 2020 Martin Truex Jr. in 2019, Joey Logano in 2018, and Kyle Busch in 2017. And I'll tell, tell you right now, Mike, one thing that really set uh, – or two things that stand out to me. Number one, you have Hendrick drivers winning back-to-back -back years. So 
Yeah. Do they make it a third with a Chase Elliott or maybe even a William Byron to go ahead and clinch that spot? Uh, and then the other is you're not really seeing a big disparity in regards to manufacturers, right? It's not like one car has dominated. Yes, Chevrolet has yeah. won these last two, but you have two Toyota drivers in there, and then you have a Ford driver sprinkled right into the middle of that as well. So those are the two biggest things that stand out in me over these past five playoff Martinsville races. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you, man. And uh, for me, um, it's going to be tough here again because obviously, you know, we got this new car. Um, how are the tires going to react here? Um, so a lot of a lot of things play a factor um, into this upcoming race. So I don't know how much as far as the past um, matters coming into this race. Uh, I think it's going to be a race of uh, cooler heads prevail. And <laughs> good luck. Uh, I, was, I know, I know, I know. And then um, who's going to be disciplined enough to take advantage uh, or, uh, you know, to preserve their tires and also who's going to be ballsy enough to make that extra call on pit road uh, or make the call to stay out. Like I think the staying out call is a little bit more tough because we know that you're not going to be able to last up front here on the short track on older tires. So it all depends if it's like five laps to go, maybe, maybe, but I mean, I, it sucks to be a sitting duck on that front row in this race. I'll tell you and that. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like a caution comes out with, you know, under 10 laps left. I can see a lot of people staying out just because it's like, while fresher yeah. tires would be nice, are fresher tires really going to prevail in five laps, right? Like, is it really going to make that big of a difference? But, but again, see, that guy on the front row, like, like what you said, eight laps left i'm gonna i'm staying out like you and have those, to and those but those cars behind you what do you do do you see that oh wow he's been faster than me maybe if i get these new tires and the people behind me come with me it's like that's it's a gamble a, though it's a, it is it's a, it's a cat and mouse game and if you're that driver in the front if you decide to pit because you think the people behind you are gonna pit and then they or, stay out and they stay out <laughs> you're done you're not passing all those cars in eight or five, six laps whenever you go back green. And you know what? Let, let me bring this up too. I wonder how much strategy we're going to see being played by teammates that are out of the playoffs now, right? Like, so let's, yeah. let's just use, um, let, let's use uh, Joe Gibbs for instance, right? Like they have four cars, but only one car is left with, uh, I'm sorry. They have two cars left with Diddy Hamlin and Christopher Bell. But let's just say, you know, Christopher Bell. No, we'll use Ryan Blaney. I mean, um, we'll use Denny Hamlin because he's minus five points right now. Let's just say that you have a, I don't know, you have a William Byron leading the race. And he comes in. And a lot of the other drivers come in. I wonder, does Toyota, and we're saying it's like, you know, 15, 20 laps left when they, they come in the pit. Do we have Joe Gibbs racing? calling down to the guys of a Martin Truex, a, a Kyle Busch, a Bubba Wallace, a Ty Gibbs. Do we say, hey, we need y'all to stay out? Th those are four spots that Byron will not have. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see the, the non-playoff drivers, how big of a factor are they going to be in regards to strategy being played towards the end of this race? Yep, I'm with you, man. Uh, and so it's that time. Let's go ahead and look at the race winners and our dark horse for Martinsville this weekend. Go ahead, Mike. Here we go. Um, <laughs> I'm going with Ross Chastain, man. I, I said it in the beginning that I, I feel like that um, he is going to run really, really good here this weekend. Um, I believe I said that I do have him uh, in moving on to the next round, and I think that he actually punches his ticket in. Uh, I think William Byron is on the outside looking in um, when we leave. Well, he'll be on the outside, no more looking in. Um, but he'll be on the outside once we leave this race. So I'm going to go Ross Chastain to punch his ticket to that final four. Um, and then for my dark horse, I'm going to go with uh, a Ford driver. We only saw one of those in the past, but I'm going to go with uh, Kevin Harvick to be my dark horse. So Ross Chastain to win the race and Kevin Harvick to have a good shot to uh, come in and, and steal a win.
There you go. Uh, I have Mr. Chase Elliott winning the race. I mean, again, I, I think that he's very, very good at Martinsville. Actually, I don't think I know he's very good at Martinsville. The stats show it. He has a win there. He has a grandfather clock in his house somewhere. I just really feel like Chase Elliott's going to be able to have a very good day and get that win to go ahead and move himself into that championship four. And then my dark horse, I have the guy who has been putting on a show in that number 16 colleague racing car uh, over these past year for sure but especially in these playoffs and that's mr aj almendinger uh we saw him last week at homestead he was battling ross chastain for second uh yeah. very very late into that race um we've seen aj almendinger at bristol i know bristol and martinsville aren't the same type of track for the simple fact that bristol has a lot more banking but still i think aj almendinger can have a very very solid day and possibly uh end up in victory lane so we'll man see. that'd be that'd be a hell of a day for him i'll it tell you that I'll, I'll tell you that so that is our winner in our dark horses cody is going with chase elliott as his winner i'm going ross chastain and for our dark horses he's going mr aj almondinger and i am going kevin harvick man that's gonna wrap up the show it is going to be a hell of a weekend Hell of a race. Super excited, man. And listen, I can't wait to to come back next week. I don't know everybody if we're coming back on Monday because Monday's Halloween. I know you got kids. I got plans. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. Whatever we'll we'll see. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll we'll, we'll figure we'll it, figure out. it huh, out. Honey, go take the kids trick or treat. <laughs> um, um, but no, man, uh super excited for this weekend. It's gonna be a hell of a race. If you can before we get off, I want you to give me one word to describe Martinsville before the race starts. What is it going to be? Before the race? No, no. So I don't mean like before the race, what's the one? I'm saying we don't know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. But I want you, before the race even gets underway, I want you to give me one word that that is going to sum up what Martinsville is going to be. Oh, this is easy in my opinion. Don't you better not. You better chaotic. Not. I hate you. <laughs> chaotic. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to steal it too. I agree. I, I'm gonna go chaotic as well. It's, dude. I'm, I'm telling you, man. I just, uh, again, a short track as the cutoff race. And mind you, I, cutoff races are big. We know that. But the cutoff race to figure out who's going to the championship. Now nah, that takes yeah. it to a different level, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be absolutely crazy, and we can't wait to come back and talk with everybody next week about what transpired at the Xfinity 500. That's going to wrap up uh, episode, what are we, 12 now? Yeah, episode 12. 12. Yes, sir. Crazy, man, crazy. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe to the 4 Wide Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all other major podcast platforms. Uh, this podcast will be available uh, tomorrow. Uh, so if you weren't able to listen to the whole thing live on Facebook, uh, you'll be able to listen to it uh, through your headset. So any last words, Cody, before we get off here? In the words of uh, New York Jets linebacker Bart Scott, can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. All right, everybody, we'll see you all next week and enjoy the Xfinity 500 in Martinsville.